Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. It's really an honor to be able to speak with you this morning. I'm a little bit nervous because I hadn't, uh, I'm not used to speaking a whole lot, so uh, Dinah lets me speak to her. But uh, I really uh, do count it a privilege any time that I can, you know, share about the Lord. And I, I'm just really excited about what we're studying here about the armor of God. And, and I really love the book of Ephesians. And uh, I, Dinah was laughing at me because I make all these notes. And then I go through them and I keep about a third of them. And so I'm echoing up here. I don't know if that's me or... Or what? Let me set this here. But I want to go ahead this morning and talk. I want to talk just a little bit about the armor of God before I'm actually going to be talking about the breastplate of righteousness this morning. But I wanted just in general, you know, Haley did an awesome job last week of, of sharing about the belt of truth. And, uh, and she is my daughter, by the way, if you didn't know that. And uh, she takes a lot after her mother. But, uh, no, she's really more like me. Uh, but in Ephesians 6, and I just want to share those scriptures, and they may put them up on the screen, but uh, in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God. Righteousness, the, the breastplate of righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I love verse 18 also. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Uh, you know, knowledge is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Especially when we look at, at what the Bible says about us that are born again. The Bible says that when we receive Christ and we're born again, we win. Right? We win. The problem is, think about it this way. If you were in sports, and I do a lot of sports now just because I've been around sports a lot, but... If you already knew you won before you went out on the field, you might not be as motivated. And I think it's important for us to understand just because the Bible says we win doesn't mean we don't have to realize we're in a battle. We're in a war. And I I believe, you know, just because we're born again and just because we, we, you know, have the righteousness of Christ in us does not mean that we're not a part of the battle, you know, that we're excluded from the battle. This is what Paul is sharing with the church here in Ephesus. 
You know, you got to realize this was a very pagan culture. But, you know, you got to realize today we're in a real pagan culture, right? You know, nothing's new under the sun, the Word of God tells us. And I love the way he said it. He says, this is the final word. Matter of fact, if you read it three times, he says, stand firm. Stand firm. Don't, what's it mean to stand firm? It means don't let what's happening or going on around you shake you up. Don't let it rattle you. Don't let it, let it get you discouraged. Stand firm. Three times he says it. Stand firm. Three times. Go back and read it. Three times. If he, if he hadn't have wanted us to understand we need to be ready to stand, he wouldn't have told us three times. In other words, don't move. Don't move. Stand your ground. He's reminding all of us, all of us, that the battle is, we're involved in the battle, right? He's, 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 he's telling us that. And I want to say this to you. Even though he uses the symbol of, 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 of a warrior's armor, we need to remember it is a spiritual battle. If I get anything across this morning in, in what little time I'm going, I'm going to take this morning it is the fact that you and I have to realize we are in a spiritual battle. And that's what he's reminding them. In verse 12 he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And he tells us how to dress for the fight. Isn't that great? You say how to dress for the fight? Yeah, we're in a fight. I don't know, you know... I think if we understood, really, and I'm not being critical, but I think if we really understood the kind of battle that we're in, if we really understood what we do in Christ, how much it matters in the world today, we wouldn't come in here on one wheel. And we wouldn't come in here and be more focused on getting a cup of coffee than getting in here in time to worship. Because you would be so excited about what God has given you and you would understand that you've got to be battle ready. And so you would take every opportunity to make sure that you're prepared for the battle that's ahead. Now I'm not knocking drinking coffee. I had two cups this morning. No, I had three cups this morning. I'm not opposed to drinking coffee. What I'm saying is it's so easy to let what matters slide by. And we focus on things that don't really matter. I wanted to, I wrote this down because I wanted to share it in a way that you can understand it. Paul wants us to know that everything physical, everything tangible, we can touch, everything uh, physical, everything visual that we can see in the natural is first preceded by something spiritual and unseen. That's what he's telling us. That's why it's a spiritual battle. That's how we determine, if we can understand that, that will help determine how successful, victorious, or empowered we are in the world today. So Paul goes on to tell us that God has given us tools, if you will, right? Tools to address this realm with authority. I'm not talking about this earthly realm, I'm talking about spiritually. Because we're not fighting, remember, against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against flesh uh, flesh and blood. The, the armor of God, I want, to, I want to say something and make no bones about it. God, gets, God is the one that gives us the armor. But he's not going to put it on for you. 
I mean, he's provided the armor. But sometimes I think, I mean, you know what? You wouldn't come out in your drawers today if your wife didn't put your pants on, would you? I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, we don't even contemplate that, right? Oh, what a sight to be seen. That sounds funny. We laugh about it, but it's the truth. God has provided us the armor for the battle. And sometimes I think we wait for him to put it on us. And he has given it to us. He's done everything to make it available to us, but he will not put it on us. Make no bones about it. God gives us the armor. He tells us to put it on. He tells us to stand and not to run. When you are in a battle, I know this much, when you're in a battle, you, you don't want equipment in theory. Right? You want equipment in fact. Right? I mean, I don't want... I, I, in other words, let me put it to you this way. And, and the good thing about me preaching is if I don't ever get to preach again, it's okay. <laughs> we got so many great preachers, it wouldn't matter if I, I got to preach or not. You know, so when I get to do it once a year, I just lay it all out, you know. <laughs> and Diana gets to hear me preach, so I, I, you know, I, 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 I get to do it with her. And she just sits there and clouds for me and everything. <laughs> uh, i got to be honest with you. I don't want somebody's philosophy. Can I be honest with you? I don't even want your theology. I want what works. I want what's going to work in my life. And uh, that's why God gave us the armor of God. Because it works. It works. And you know what? What I mean by that is we don't need to contaminate it with man's opinion. I mean, you, it's okay. I got opinions. You got opinions. But when it comes to the Word of God, there's one opinion that matters. And that's God's opinion. And the only thing we, we're supposed to do is line up with what God says. For instance, the belt of truth that Haley spoke about last week. It's an absolute standard. It's not, it's not a suggestion. He says, put on the belt of truth. It's, it's a standard. It's an absolute standard. And I want to tell you, all of reality is based on it. All of reality is based on it. You know, you can turn on the TV, and I guarantee you, you can have it on 10 minutes, you've done heard 50 lies. Right? And they're so enticing, and they sound so good, and they sound so good. But I want to tell you, the belt of truth, what he's talking to us about the armor of God... The belt of truth is the standard in which reality is measured. We, you know, we can't share the truth of God and then dip it into some kind of human perspective or human opinion. So, you know, I'm, I'm not preaching at you today. I'm just, I'm preaching to me. Because I have opinions. And there's certain things I like that kind of fit my, my mood and some things that don't. But when God says it, that's what matters. Amen. He doesn't need me to help him out with, how he, with the truth. The truth is the truth. He just asked me to put it on. He asked me to put it on. So I'm going, I did, see, I, I'm getting to the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> We're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. When King David 
asked God to reveal any sins in his life. He prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Isn't it amazing? He didn't say, search me, O God, and know my mind. He didn't say, search me, O God, and know my soul. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Because uh, when you study the Bible, the Bible relates your heart with righteousness, it, it, with holiness, right? Your heart, uh, he, he, said, he said, reveal to me any sins in my life. How did he have to understand the sins? He had to go into his heart. He said, God, search my heart and see if there's any sin there. Why did he ask him that? Because he knew he was in a battle. And he knew the only way that he was going to be victorious in the battle is to make sure that he had his life lined up with what God expected of him. Search me, O God. The Bible associates it all the time, holiness and righteousness. Paul chose a piece of armor that, that, that protects the heart of a soldier. If the way I understand it, the armor would come like from the neck, it would come all the way down to the thighs, and it would kind of go around toward the back. I'm not specific on it because I didn't just look at it and study it out, but my understanding, that's somewhat what it would look like. Uh, if he tells us to put on armor, it'd be, it'd be wise on your part and my part to do what he says. Uh, and when it came to identifying a piece of armor to guard against unrighteousness, Paul chose the armor that protects what? The heart. Right? It, it protected the vital organs of the body. Your lungs. It protected the things that would take your life just like that. Isn't it amazing that God would tell us to put on the full armor of God? And spiritually speaking, talking about a spiritual battle, the first thing he said we got to protect is our what? Heart. You know why it started with the belt of truth? Because everything's based off the truth of God. Isn't that right? And that belt is what helps us to keep on these other pieces of armor. So as we look at this, you know, <clears throat> I want to talk to you if I can. I wanted, when I was doing this, Donald got, got tickled at me because I said, you know, I'm, I'm bad about saying stuff like, y'all getting it? Y'all getting it? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all getting it? She's warned me not to say that. Uh, but if he tells us to put on the breastplate of righteousness, then it, his, it is God's righteousness that protects our heart. You understand what I'm saying? I had to go again. I had to say it one time. So being in Christ, we talk about it a lot. Being in Christ is the defense against sin that confronts us every day. And I don't know about you, but sin confronts me every day. We have to ask the question. We have to. Are we ready for battle? Have I put on the armor of God? Why is it important to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Think about it. It, 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 it consisted of, of two parts, you know, and, and I've already talked about that a little bit, but we can't leave anything dangerously exposed to the enemy, especially our heart. Um, when we're told to put on the breastplate of righteousness, 
it's, it's, it's spiritually sim- symbolic. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's spiritually symbolic. It's, a, it, it's, it's not something we're asked to do. It's something he's called us to do. We're called to put it on. So I want to tell you four things, if I can, quickly this morning that, that uh, suggests to you that, uh, that the breastplate of righteousness is very vital to you and me as, as born-again Christians. Number one, it symbolizes the righteousness of Christ. The Bible teaches us that when we become Christians, immediately we are given the righteousness of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 30, did we have that up there? We can read it or I'll look it up real quick. Uh, let me see. We ain't no hurry. 1 Corinthians. I just wanted to share this scripture with you because it's, you know, it, we, we need to go to the scriptures a lot, right? That's where the answers are. So 1 Corinthians 30, chapter one thirty. God has united you with Christ Jesus. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? The Bible teaches that when we become Christians, immediately we are given the righteousness of Christ. Have you thought about that? Have you, have you really thought about that? I mean, as I was studying this, uh, I mean, I know Jesus went to the cross. And I know that he took on my sins. He took on the sin of the world. He died. He was raised again, right? He sits at the right hand of the Father. I know that when he died, he took our sin upon himself. He took it all upon himself. And he gave us his righteousness. And we became what I guess we could say positionally righteous. Right? The greatest, I mean, think about that. Y'all, y'all not excited about that? I mean, Jesus gave us his righteousness. He paid the price. He's the one that hung on the cross. And positionally, he says, now I took on your sin so that you can take my righteousness. I mean, what kind of deal is that? I mean, you know what? You took a lot of worse deals than that. Right? I mean, when I see somebody that's just staunch, I'm my own man. No, you're not. There was a price paid for every one of us. Whether you received him or not, he paid a price for you. And if you do receive him, then what he is telling us, and this is what the breastplate of righteousness is all about, is that you put on the righteousness of Christ. It's not anything you did to earn it. wasn't anything, you know, your name didn't, your family name didn't have anything to do with it. Hey, you might have had good things happen to you in your life. You might have had bad things happen to you in your life. You may think you're here or you may think you're here. But I want to tell you something. Jesus died for every one of us. No matter where we're at in life, He died for us. Now, we have the option, right? 
to receive Him. And when we receive Him, and if we do receive Him, and if by faith we ask Him into our heart as Lord and Savior, at that point in time, He positionally made us righteous. That's the greatest deal that's ever been in the world. Your sin has been forgiven. And you've been given the righteousness of Christ. So what that says is that when Satan comes against me, I just set him down. You say it ain't that easy. Let me tell you. If I've got the armor of God on, if I've got the breastplate of righteousness, and I understand that I've got Christ's righteousness positionally, then when Satan accuses me before the Father, I ain't got to worry about it. If I've received Christ. When, Christ, when the Father looks at me, he sees Christ Jesus. He sees his righteousness in me. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about positional righteousness. The breastplate uh, of righteousness means I'm clothed with the righteousness of Christ. It symbolizes Christ's righteousness. Now, I keep repeating that, but I want you to understand it. Thirdly, if you stop and think about it, the breastplate also, first of all, he died for us, right? The second thing he did, he clothed us with his righteousness positionally. The third thing he did is he made us righteous in, in a sense. We have, it also represents our righteousness, the Christian's righteousness. Now we know the Bible says my righteousness is as, as filthy rags, Right? But what it's talking about here is the process of sanctification. What does that mean? Okay, I've been, Jesus died for me, so I have, I'm born again. When I receive Christ, he gives me his righteousness positionally. Correct? Now, what he says is, now that I have been born again, it is time for me now to go through the process of sanctification. And it is a process. It's a process where I develop myself in righteousness. In God's righteousness. It doesn't, you know, it's an amazing thing to me. You know, all he's asking us here is to live righteous lives. But I, I've seen it through the years. I, I, I thank God that he's brought me through a lot of things. And I used to couldn't understand it. When I first got born again, I was in college. And I was pretty rowdy. And I thought, you know, my life changed. I accepted Christ and I meant it. And, and it was great. It was great. It was exciting. I'll never forget coming up out of the water when I was baptized, and I was thinking, man, I'm a changed person. I'm a changed person. But when I left and went back to school, and I got back in the same old environment, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Nobody told me about the breastplate of righteousness. Nobody told me. I understood that I was born again, and that the Bible had told me that now that I've accepted Christ, you know, that I have life and have it eternally, but nobody really told me that a part of living my life righteously meant I had to put on that armor, that breastplate of righteousness. And what happened to me, what happened to me, and I'm not blaming anybody, it's my fault, I could have got into the Word and, 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 and done it myself. But what happened to me was, I began to look and I began to think, well, I can't witness to nobody. How am I going to witness to anybody? Because I'm, I'm a bigger failure than they are. You know, what are they going to say to me? I was just out with that group last night. What are they going to say if I... You see what I'm saying? That's the lies of the enemy coming at you. 
But nobody, I didn't understand all that. I didn't understand that uh, we have to be in the finished work of Christ, if you will. This armor that only, uh, you know, is, I guess I'm going to be a little harsh, but don't take it bad. We don't mind walking in positional righteousness. We don't mind walking in positional righteousness. Am I right? That's easy. It's when I have to bring myself to that place. Where I have to, sanctification, and believe you me, it is a process. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Am I doing more things right today than I was 20 years ago? Yes, I am. Is it all about me being right? No. But when you talk about rightness, righteousness, it talks about being right with God. It talks about that I, I understand and I receive the fact that He died for me and paid such a price that it ought to be my goal to be righteous in my life. And the only way that I can do it is understand that it's not something I've got to go out there and earn. God has already made me positionally righteous. But what He's saying is that you need to be... See, we come in and we want to be served. We want to come in and it's all about... I want the music. I want, I want the preaching. I want, I want this. I want. And Jesus said, what you need to want is me. What you need to want is me. Because the only way that you're going to really understand what the joy of the Lord is, the only way you're going to really be able to understand what it is to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, is you got to understand that God made you positionally righteous, but it's your responsibility to stay in God's Word, stay around godly people, and allow God to sanctify your life so that you can renew your mind into the ways God would have you to go. And then, all those things that come to block you, they want to take away your joy, want to take away your right to worship, want to take away this and take away that, you can stand up and say, I don't have to give into it because I have on the armor of God. And I've got on the breastplate of righteousness. And it defends me against those things. I don't have to listen to what man says. I'm going to listen to what God says. Well, I don't know if you like that, but I like it a lot. We need to live... Not that I'm perfect at it. I'm not. Anybody that knows me will tell you I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm taller than Bill and sometimes I call him short. And that's not nice. That's not a nice thing to do. But he is short. I'm telling the truth. So this armor, I'm just joking. I like joking. Uh, but he is short, I'm just saying. Uh, but we, we need to understand that this armor not only represents Christ's righteousness, but it represents or symbolizes the, the righteousness of the Christian, of you and I who have put on this, this armor. He wants us to live like we know what it is to be in Christ. Amen. All through Scripture, it talks about how we should pursue righteousness. And for the sake of time, I'm not, you can look all of them up. First Timothy has it. There's, there's a lot of, you know, you know, Romans 12.1 talks about how we need to be transformed in the renewing of our mind. 
think it's 1 John 3.10 and, and Revelation 22, 1 Timothy is really good. Uh, Ephesians 4.24 tells us to put on, on righteousness. It's first about what Christ has done for us, correct? That's what it's, that's what it's about first. Making us righteous. And then it's doing what he's asked us to do based on what he's already done for us. Right? Uh, what does this have to do with conflict, do you think? I mean, he told us, we began today, I began talking to you about we put it on because we're in a what? Battle. We're in a conflict. What's that about? I mean, what's it about? Without the breastplate of righteousness, we have no, we've got no defense against Satan's uh, accusations. Uh, he'll even make you doubt if you're even saved, right? Have you ever doubted it? Have you ever been going through something and you wonder, did I ever know God? I mean, we're talking about something real here, folks. We're talking about how we're going to make it. Because I'm going to tell you, you think they lived in a pagan world, we're living in a pagan world. And you're going to have to know what you believe. And you're going to have to believe that when he tells us to put on that armor, that when we put it on, that even though we may get, you know, you know, sit back a few times here. And it's not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy just because we have it on doesn't mean we're not going to be attacked, that we're not going to be in the midst of a battle. But not only do we win, but when God's righteousness is in us and when we're looking at the rightness of God and when we understand what he's done for us, uh, we'll make it. We'll make it. It's some serious stuff, but we'll make it. Uh, It's really becoming in practice what God has already given us positionally. But, you know... Look at society today. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Society says, give it to me. Give it to me. You know, it would be so sad. I, I th- I'm sorry. I think crazy, but I, th- I think simple, really. It would be so sad to have all that armor sitting there, and the devil is just kicking your butt. Excuse me. We're on TV. And you don't even have the... Just reach over and get it. I mean, it, throw it in your lap. And all, these, all this stuff's coming at you, trying to kill your heart. And you're sitting there. Can somebody put this on for me? I don't tell you, if I didn't know how to put it on, I remember the first time I put on my football equipment. Son, I had my thigh pads wrong. I mean, I was just kidding. You don't have them things going wrong. It didn't matter to me, man. I was ready to go to war, you know? I was ready to go to war. And, and, and I'll never forget, a friend of mine said, oh, Ronnie, your thigh pads are wrong. They were, you know how they'd be wide on one side? He said, you might need to change them. You know, that's not good. You know, that's not good. Uh, and the fourth thing I want to finish up with today is the breastplate of righteousness symbolizes consistent. Righteousness. Not perfection. Consistent righteousness. Scripture says having on the breastplate of righteousness. It's not a, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a two-a-day-a-week thing. It's a seven-day-a-week, every month, every year thing. 
You know, I thought about a baseball player. I heard this example given one time. Think about it. A baseball player, when the game starts, he's got on his uniform, right? He's got it on his uniform. Now, he don't, every time he goes to dugout, he don't take off his uniform. Right? I mean, you don't look in the dugout and see a bunch of nude baseball players. Right? But I tell you what they do. When they come into the dugout, they'll take their glove off. Right? And they don't, have a, they don't, they don't sit in the dugout and hold on to their bat like this. Oh, they got all kind of bats. You know, they'll grab the one they like when they go to the plate. But when they go to the field, they got their glove on. Right? Now, there's some parts of armor, and I don't have time to get into it today, that we never take off. But there's times that sometimes we have to deliberately pick it up and put it on. You know? We have to pick it up and put it on. It's not a one-day thing, guys. I'm just, you know, I'm a simple person. But I understand that if if God, my God the Father is in heaven, and he is, and if Jesus is sitting on the throne, which he is, and if he says that I'm seated with him, spiritually speaking, in Christ, in the heavenly realm, and if the angels are operating from the heavenly realm, I think there's some things happening in heaven. There's some things happening. So when we think about the battle that we're in, you know, what we normally do, what we normally do is we forget it's a spiritual battle. And I can sit here and preach and teach to you about the breastplate of righteousness and every pastor in here could give you their version of what they think it is. But the truth of it is, is that, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm sitting here, you know, I've got to understand it is a spiritual battle and it's, and it's, it's you know, the enemy is coming against us, right? And we got to understand that our battle, when we, let's just say somebody says something bad about me. You know what my first reaction is? I'm going to bop them upside the head. <laughs> right? Somebody says something bad about me. You know, or, or if I'm up here preaching and somebody in here has a problem with this, they get mad at me. They get mad at me. See, that's how we do it in the world. But spiritually speaking, I have to understand that that kind of stuff is spiritual. It's spiritual. It really is. When we get mad, or <clears throat> I'm not saying every time we get mad, but I'm saying when we, when we get offended, we get mad, we don't realize it's all a spiritual battle. He just, we just got through reading a minute ago where it said that we're to love everyone, pray for everyone, encourage everyone. Jesus said you, we had to even love our enemy. We have to realize that it's not the person. It's the enemy. And the best thing we could do when somebody don't do what we like is pray for them. Right? But what do we need to do? Put that bill of truth on and understand it is the measurement by which everything is based. And then we put on that breastplate of righteousness and we understand that because I put that breastplate of righteousness on, I made a conscious decision every day. 
I make a conscious decision. I'm going to put that breastplate of righteousness on. And when I do that, in the eyes of God, I'm righteous. Doesn't matter what you say about me. Doesn't matter what anybody says about me. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to lie and tell me. I know by God's word, he says, I am now in Christ. And his righteousness is mine. And then I got to understand that by having that armor on, that as I deal with things every day in my life, and as I spend time in the Word, and when things are not happening just exactly like I want them to happen, I need to understand that God, if I will trust Him, is taking me, and He's, he's sanctifying my life. He is, he is changing my thought process, and He is causing me to change the way I think so that I can live a righteous life. Not to earn salvation, but to be more like Him. To live a life that would make a difference in somebody else. Right? Isn't that good? And then I have to, I have to realize that that righteousness needs to be consistent. I need to be consistent in my life. I wish I could tell you that I'm there all the time. I'm not. I'm like you. I'm human. We make mistakes. But thank God for the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope I made sense with this message today for you. I hope you got something from it. But the biggest thing that I hope is that you realize that this is not a light thing that took place. Jesus physically died for you and for me. We got to where we say it. It's just gotten easy to say, you know. Oh, I'm born again. Christ died for me. And we never really sometimes stop to think exactly just what he did. Just the unselfishness of it or to cause us to be less selfish. Right? Just the fact that he could love me in the state that I was in. Even when I was the chief of sinners, he still loved me. If I think on that sometimes, through the sanctification process, it's easier for me to love somebody that maybe has done me wrong or maybe they, they you know, you, you know what I'm saying. Where it would be easy to get in the flesh. But it's, but it's taken, it happens when the symbol that Paul has told us is it's like putting it on. It's not sitting around waiting for God to drop it on you. You put it on. You put it on. Thank you for y'all's attention. I'm going to have Pastor Joe. We'll give Pastor Ronnie a hand, would you please? Come on, tell him that you love him, even though he's a girls' soccer coach. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't say anything about that. He... Clothed in right, and I bopped him on the head when he said, I'm soccer coach. I can't believe you didn't say anything to Pastor Stephen about that. Uh, he is not a girls' soccer coach, by the way. Nothing he has against girls' soccer, but... He's a football coach by far, in case you didn't realize that. Hey, this morning, I just want to just thank God for the word that he gave you, right? I mean, and uh, and so uh, I'm glad he didn't preach for a year. He came ready and loaded up, man. And uh, I told him, it kind of reminded me of <clears throat> worship God, leading songs. It's, kinda, it's tough to do, but I offered, I said, hey, can we rotate something out? No, I'm fine. I'm good. That's football coach for you. Ah, oh, we got it. We got it. So uh, it was a great word, great word for you to to hear right put on put on god's armor you know put on the righteousness of god so 
People asking, hey, are you giving up preaching? No, I'm not giving up preaching. Um, uh, just give a couple of testimonies. So they were scheduling out uh, a couple of guys and gals to preach for me because, you know, I'd injured uh, my neck. So I was supposed to go for a, a procedure last week, and but it, it 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 still hurts. Don't get me wrong, but it cleared up enough where I just, you know, declined that. So I could just say, you know what, God, I'm just me and you right now. I'm kind of doing war myself. And it's very encouraging when you come in and I'm walking down the sidewalk. I meet one person. He looks at me and says, hey, pastor, I'm walking again. Yeah, baby, that's awesome. And then right beside somebody else, they come to me and said, hey, guess what tonight? What? It's my last round of chemo tonight. I'm cancer free. Or uh, what? I'm like, yeah, baby, that's awesome. Just excites me so much to hear God doing great things like that. And um, anyway, so we had everybody lined up, so we didn't want to change anything. And uh, I think it works out great because you get to hear good word. And uh, it's good. It's good. Haley just told me, said, I like sitting by you. It's nice. And you know how often I get to sit by her? Usually it's not in our church. Usually it's at another another church. So uh, it's been a real blessing for me. Anyway, so hey, I want to pray for you guys. If you're watching online, um, you join with us today or you're in this room and you don't know Christ, I want to give an opportunity to do that. And then um, just follow up with you a little bit here. But if you're in this room, you're watching online right now, you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Christ. Like Pastor Ronnie just said, it is a work of the grace of God. He's going to change you, positionally speaking. So don't try to fix everything right now. But once he changes you, it is a process. He will grow you. We're supposed to be transformed. So if you're in here or you're watching online right now, I'd love to pray for you. Just close your eyes. Just for a minute, let me pray for you before we go. Uh, you're, you say, I don't know Christ I've never received Jesus before in my life. I, I know I'm not sure I'm, if I'm saved. When Pastor Ronnie's talking about righteousness, I don't know that I fit in that category. And I'd like to know today that I am certain that I'm a born-again believer. Whether you're watching online right now or you're in this room, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and this whole church is going to pray with you right now. Would you just pray with me? Just say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today. Come on, pray out loud. I give you my heart. And I ask you, Jesus, to save me. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender today to you, Jesus. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Would you give me a hand, church? If you prayed that online, we're so proud of you. Thank you for joining with us today. So so honored to be a part of coming into your home, wherever you're listening at right now. And if you're on there, our online broadcast team will help you with this. But... There's a connection card for you, connect.cornerstonerome.com. You can simply fill that out. We'd love to help you get started walking with Christ, give you some help. Any tools you might need, we'd love to help you with some of those things. If you're in this room, there's a little card in the seat back in front of you. And whether you got saved, we'd love to hear about it if you let us know, if you'll fill this out. And just let us know what happens. Just a couple of little checkbox. It helps us. You know, coming back into church is so weird. We used to do stuff like this. And it's, it's so odd how the last couple of years things changed so much. And uh, one of the things we realized was... Man, if you're coming to our church, two years has gone by is the strangest thing ever, I think. But we have not just publicly said, hey, thanks for being a part of our church as a guest or visiting if you're looking for a great church. Um, I'm friends with a number of guys in town. If this is where you want to be, if the Lord's leading you, man, we want to welcome you here and say thanks for being a part today with us. We'd love to get to know you a little bit. And so if you want mine, you can fill out that card, connect.cornerstonerome.com, or you can do this card in the seat back in front of you. If you drop in the offering box, We'll follow up with you. We'll give you a call and see how you're doing and just see how we can be a help to you and see if this might be a fit for you of where God's leading you spiritually to your church. I believe personally it's not about the 
amount of pull or things like Pastor Ronnie said. It's not about the coffee that we drink. It's not about the seats you're sitting in. It's about the leading of the Holy Spirit. If the Lord leads you to this house, then, man, we want to welcome you in and be a part of that with you and your family. Um, but I believe strongly in that. Be led of the Spirit. Go to the house of God where the Lord has put you in because that's where you're going to plant and you're going to bloom. So you, that's a very, very important uh, thing. Last couple things I want to share with you is some of you have been asking for this. So now the chapel is fully open. Uh, Cornerstone Espanol Campus, they've been there a couple of weeks now since Easter. They're doing a great job. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you guys for being so generous to help us reopen that for them and for our student ministry. And so because of that, I'm going to be asking, well, when can we get a little bit later church time? Is it possible, Pastor? Just, just a little bit. So congratulations, you got your wish. Um, starting in June, on June 5th, we're going to go to 10.30. Okay, so we'll give you a couple weeks to get used to that. So 10.30, can I get anybody feeling Jesus right now? Okay, all right. We're doing it for you, yes, but we're also doing it, uh, our volunteers, can y'all just, I know all of you guys served in this room, right now there's people serving in nurseries backstage, people serving in kids ministry over there, Espanol will crank up in the next hour. Can y'all just give it a hand to everybody who serves in our church the last couple of years making this possible? Man, thank them so much. Some of these guys get here at 7.30 in the morning, setting up and prepping for church. And so for them, this is a huge blessing for them as well. Just want to say that too as well. One last thing, giving options. I want to get, let you know about that and your generosity. Uh, you can give at give.cornerstonerome.com. Many people do dig- digital giving. And I just want to say, I know it's May. People start traveling, do all kind of stuff. Just want to encourage you. You can do it online. I do all my stuff online. Thank you for your generosity. I just ask you to maybe... So you don't forget it. What was that weird cooking commercial? You remember that guy that used to put the stuff in the crock, and it was like the electric crock pot thing on TV, that weird dude? He'd sell the Ginsu knives and all that kind of stuff. And he put the stuff in the crock pot. He'd say, and you said it and awesome. Y'all watched it too. I heard it. You said it and you what? Forget it, right? So if you'll do that uh, in the summer, because we forget a lot of stuff when we travel, um, we'd love for you to do that for us. Just be generous in the summertime. Don't forget and uh, we just ask the Lord to bless you for that. Hey, one last thing we want to do, I'm going to ask our elders to come up front or up here with me. Our elders, if you guys don't mind coming up, and your spouses if they're here with you. And then uh, Matt and Asher and Pastor Cherish. So we're going to pray over these guys. So uh, before you freak out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, again. Like, so some of our, um, our staff was like, are you kidding me? Uh, what, what's the deal with, with people and God calling people to do different things? You know, how many know the Holy Spirit, uh, he does that, the Holy Spirit calls people to do different things. The Holy Spirit calls and leads us to do things. And so I, we're going to pray for Matt and Cherish because Cherish is making a, a transition in her life. And they're praying about some things. She just felt very strong in the Holy Spirit uh, is leading her uh, to make some transitions. And they don't know exactly what yet. I mean, they might share. I don't know. Um, but I know this much is true. I know they're very sensitive to the call of God. And I'm not going to look at them right now, therefore, so I can speak. Um, but <clears throat> hold on. Just let them... Okay, so uh, Matt's been a friend of mine, and he's still he's my friend, but we haven't been to Bible college together. They've been a part of our lives uh, in this church. Um, you know, Matt jumped into places where you might not even know this. Uh, when we had so many gaps in our church, when we took this church over, he filled in two different areas, key areas for me. Pastor Cherish came and filled in in worship and then came on staff with us. They've been here since around, I mean, off and on forever. We've all been here. But when I say the faithfulness and uh, faithfulness, uh, these two guys right here are literally some of the most faithful people that I know. And I know they're not doing this out of anything other than the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I knew it too. Like I told her, like I'm not, I'm, the Lord already prepped me. I, 
it's hard, but it's still easier than it would have been if he hadn't prepped me. But before the, around the pandemic time, whatever, I just felt God was saying transitions are coming. It was so strong on me. I thought it was Haley and I, and we prayed and we kept saying, it's not us. Like we, we, it was a, it was a very real thing. And so I just know the Lord's leading them and I'm very excited for what God is going to do in their life because I know that the Holy Spirit leads and calls people. And as a church, aren't you thankful that you get to be in a church where good, healthy transitions takes place and no one's mad and no one's angry and no one leaves out the door, but they leave with the blessing of the Lord and the blessing of the house of God where they're at. Now they're not leaving. She's going to keep leading worship for the next month, but they may be in and out some as the Lord opens the door. They just know this is the next step. And um, so we want to honor that. And do you guys want to say anything? I don't know. I'm putting you totally on the spot. You want to say anything, Matt? Well, you know, I just want to make sure it's clear that there's there's nothing wrong. I was fine until you started this mess. <laughs> um, we don't know everything yet. But sometimes in your life, and I, and I hope you grab hold of this, God will want you to be uncomfortable enough to hear Him. Not to make you, put you in a hard place, but to make you uncomfortable enough. And I think sometimes when you stay comfortable, you get comfortable. And that's not healthy either. Okay? And so, uh, Cherish and I have been knowing something was going on for about a year. We didn't know what, and we still don't know fully what that is. But we know he's saying, go. And it's going to put us in a place to where we're going to be really uncomfortable. And so that's okay because in other areas, he's made it available for this next transition to be comfortable. So it kind of goes both ways for us. And so I just want it to be known and clear that, that everything's good. Everything's really good. Um, And it's so much easier when everything's really good. And so, um, you know, for me, I lost both my parents last year within about a four-month period of time. And and I really started doing some soul-searching for myself, too. Uh, Because as a good friend of mine said who's behind me, it's, it's another... Uh, another area in your life you you can look at and say the change is happening, you know. And one thing that I really started searching was is, do I feel right now that if I were to go home and be with Jesus, have I accomplished what He put me on earth for? And and sometimes you just have to search that with all you've got. And there's things that are in my my heart and Cherish's heart and Asher's heart that we've got to fulfill some things. And so, pray for us. Now, when I say that, I'm not holding you accountable. But if God puts you in front of our face, this is what it's for. Okay? It's a big transition for us. It's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to be a lot of things that that we're not going to be comfortable with. But we're going to do it because he said so. So, pray with us. Um, Join with us. Begin to ask God what he has for you in this church. Begin to move out and do something different that you haven't done before. Serve in an area you haven't served before. Let God use you here 
Let him bless you here like he has for us since 1996-ish, whatever it was. Okay, all the way through. He kept bringing us back here. We've learned things here. It's been such a blessing to our family to be here. But when he says go, we have to go. When he says do, we have to do. And that's not a sad thing. We really are excited. Because when God puts you in an uncomfortable place, then you have to use faith to do what he has for you to do. And what he wants to do brings much fruit. And so we're excited. We're excited for what's going to happen here. And thank you for letting us share. Amen. Amen. Straight up the truth. Yeah, so, yeah, uncomfortableness is a good word. Yes. This one here, like, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm going to pray for him and love him in Jesus' name, but I'm going to give him some angry texts later. You know, like, it's all good. I love him dearly, and we're going to pray for them. But it is uncomfortable. It puts a lot. It, it's the Lord moving, and I'm glad. Let God move, right? Come on, can let God move in your life the same way. Wouldn't he just wreck your house, turn it upside down, and you'd be like, what am I supposed to do now? Wouldn't that be awesome? Be so challenged by the Holy Spirit that you like, ah, well, that's a good thing. Let God just lead you in some steps, right? And so that's a good thing. Nobody wants to be con, you know, conformed to this world and bored and like, we need to be you know, trusting God in everything that we do, right? So as we pray for them, would you just kind of maybe stand to your feet this morning and maybe just stretch your hands out to them. We're going to pray for them as the over, uh, as elders of our church here. And we just ask you to join with us and pray for them right now as we, uh, as we pray for them and and just God's blessing in their life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for Matt, for Cherish, and for Asher. Lord, I thank you for, again, God, I just want to just publicly declare, because you it's such a faithful heart between these three. I thank you for the faithfulness of God, Lord, because they've been faithful to you, faithful to the ministry in which they've been called. They have been servants in every area, God, as you have called us to be, Lord, and never Never, not one time, I don't think in my life that I've heard them turn down anything I've asked them to help me with. And God, I just thank you as they go out. I don't know what you're calling them into, Lord. I have no idea what these steps are. But Father, I know in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you're leading. I know it with all of my heart, and they know it with all of their heart. And so, Lord, I thank you for the next steps, God. You, they've been bold enough to step out in faith and take this one. I thank you for the next steps. God, make it so clear, so clear. And Lord, may you bless abundantly the fruit of the ministry, whatever it is you're calling them into next. God, may many people come to faith in Christ. May many people grow in their walk with you. And Lord, may this city, may this world, may wherever you called them to be, may they be people turned upside down for Jesus because of them. And I thank you for the faithfulness on their life. And because they've been faithful, I know you're going to send faithful people to them, Lord, and whatever you've called them to be. And I just ask you for this in the name of Jesus, for Asher as well as he steps out with them. I thank you, Lord, for his gifting and calling that he has on his life. I just thank you for the young man that's just got a spirit of the Lord upon him. And thank you, Lord, as he steps out with them. Just thank you for speaking to his heart as well. God, let him know this is all good and everything's going great. Thank you, Lord, for giving him peace in the direction you've given him. Just thank you for that. Thank you for the heart of a worshiper and cherish. God, for all these years that she has poured into our team poured into individuals, poured into our church, the area of worship, and bringing music, Lord. Lord, the songs of, a, of David, like as a worship leader, harpists, Lord, the one that would write music and lyrics and things to you. I just thank you, God, whatever you are calling her into next. I just thank you, Lord, that you've used this in such a way, Lord, to bless our church and many people across the world that's watched in the last two years. I just ask you, Lord, for it to continue blessings. God, whatever next steps it is, I just thank you for 
God, whether it's songs or whether it's ministry, whether it's whatever, I just thank you, Lord, for revelation. Thank you, God, for keep pouring into her and pouring out to others that we might hear and hear from you and, and be led by your spirit in different ways. And I just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the faithfulness in our church that they've had. God, we just pray with them. We send them out in everything that you've called them to do. And in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. amen. Come on, could you give me a hand one time before we go? <clears throat> so, again, they'll be down here. She's going to be leading our team for the next month, and they'll be here. I'd encourage you to take a few moments and today. He's, he's gone. Matt's like, I'm out. I'm checked out, man. But uh, talk to them, love on them, right? And then, uh, and then just, man, just give them hugs and tell them how much you, you appreciate them and everything that they've been doing. And then before we go, I just obviously want to speak a blessing over you. If you're here and um, uh, you're here for um, Catch the Vision, we'll be doing it in here in the next five to ten minutes once everybody leaves. We're not rushing, but so about five, ten minutes, get some coffee, come back in here. We'll do it in here. If you're here for Catch the Vision, that's what we do for membership, partnership. If you want to be a part of that, we'll be in here in the next five, ten minutes. Also, if you're one of our prayer ministry team leaders, if you need prayer, down here at the front, as soon as it's dismissed, they'll be down here. They'll get off the platform and come help and pray. Anything you might need, we're here to pray for you, okay? Before we go, we want to speak this over you and your family in Numbers chapter 6. And this is the blessing of the Lord. And uh, I just want to speak this over you guys. We've been doing this for years. And let's ask you to receive this. Don't just take it as another thing. Just for the next three seconds, stop. And just open your heart. And may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.